0: Welcome into the 30th episode of the Gump Runners podcast. Chase Thornton, Lester Mitchell, Landon Beeman joining us here tonight. Um, Alabama falling in the Sweet 16 uh, to UCLA, the 11 seed, 88 to 78 in overtime. Alex Reese hits, you know, probably the shot of the year up to that point. Um, And and right at the end of regulation from about 28 feet, logo Reese, so to speak. And uh, and then it seems like Alabama just didn't score a point. And overtime overtime, they were, uh, you know, you would think that all the momentum would have gone to Alabama after that shot. The bench goes crazy. The fans goes crazy. The fans go crazy. And I know we were going crazy at home. And, uh, and then, you know, Alabama just couldn't match up in overtime. UCLA, UCLA got a dunk on the first possession and then Alex Reese gets fouled. Of course, misses two free throws, just like when everybody else did, seems like throughout the night. And uh, I think Alabama was 11 of 25 from the strike. And um, so, you know, you, you hate to lose a game like this. You know, Alabama shot 25% from the three-point line, uh, just an all-around horrific shooting effort. Um, Jaden Shackelford really struggled when he put the ball on the floor. I believe he had five turnovers. Herb Jones went one out of four from the stripe in the last minute of the game. Um, Alabama's last two offensive possessions, he, he went to the rack, got fouled. It could only hit – 25% of his free throw. So, Lester, just, just tell me what you think about this game as a whole. And, you know, just a little, you know, a little foreshadowing out there to everybody that's listening to this, that's tuned in early. We're, we're not – these aren't three guys tonight that are going to sit here and talk about the culture change and what all these seniors mean to us. Or whatever. We'll do that later on in the podcast. But right now we're going to give you a straight-up breakdown of what happened. And how we think it happened, and um, and, and so it, it might not be what you want to hear. I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and tell you, this is uh, this is not gonna be a sunshine pumping first half of this podcast. So uh, with that being said, Lester, take it away.
1: Well, yep, completely, crap the pants, vomited down the shirt. Um, any other nasty? Comparison, euphemism. They sneezed and snot shot out all over the place. Any other gross, whatever you can think of, that's that that's what Alabama basketball felt like at the end of that game. Just nasty, dirty, ugly. And you know why? You know why I'm I'm pissed. Why me? Because do you know why? It's because Alabama played the worst possible
0: game it could have played. Still had a chance to win.
1: And still have a chance to win at the end of the game. Yeah, How does that not all the people?
0: Yeah, I mean, these guys are hitting contested threes all night too. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Throwing up trash, throwing up garbage. It's going in. Like, just shots, just pulling
1: out of their ass. Stuff that has no business being made. They played the worst effing game they could have played and still had a chance to win. Still had a chance to win. But you know what? That's the credit to Oates and his system and not the current players that he has. I'll say that straight up because it just poor from the free throw line. Awful. Awful. And you still had a chance to win at the end of the game. Make your free throws Alabama shot 40, at 4% from the free throw line? Guess what? If you shoot 46%, if you make one more, that game is over. You got by by the skin of your teeth, and you survive in advance. The The whole time, all I've said is just beat who you're supposed to beat. There's no way UCLA should have hung in with Alabama. No way. None at all. But that's ball. Ball is ball, and it is what it is. Um. I don't see how you can't be excited about, you know, the future and whatever, but this, this sucks. And I should, we should all be getting ready to watch Dama play Michigan a little bit, and not sitting here recording this podcast. So this what it is.
0: Yeah, that, that's true. And uh, Landon, let's, let's talk a little bit about the free throws. I mean, me personally, I, I just think it, it, it really comes down to me is term tournament experience because as big as the SEC tournament is, it has nothing on the NCAA tournament. And you get in there and it's not even a Pat house, man. But you understand the situation. There's a lot of pressure. I'm not saying there's not, but you know, Herb Jones, those last two possessions, he gets fouled twice. Um, he goes to the line. He he just he just can't get it done. And uh, you know he he wasn't the only one. You know Reese missed two in overtime, but before that, you know Gary missed two throughout the game. Q missed more than than he probably should have. Um, Keon missed the front end of a one and one. Petty missed the front end of a one and one. There were probably four or five front ends of one and ones that were missed. That if you can just roll a couple of those in, you win the game in regulation. You don't even need overtime or Reese's shot at the end probably. And so just talk about the free throw shooting because Alabama wasn't a bad free throw shooting team throughout the course of the year. I mean, we, we definitely seen worse, but um, especially a guy like Herb Jones, you know, he was, his percentage was in the seventies throughout the year. So, you know, it, 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 as far as me watching him, I have confidence in him because he's played better this year than also, you know this has never really been an offensive guy. And He's never been a, a key go to player until this year. And so it's always, it was, it was in the back of my mind while he was shooting. I was like, man, I'd really, I'd love to have somebody with, with those, that was feeling their shot more at the time. Herb was like, oh, for his last 19 three point attempts. And I don't think any of those were even close, um, you know, on, on, in the, in the back half of the season. And so, Landon, just tell me what you think about this, this free throw issue that Alabama had against UCLA
2: well I mean I think the biggest thing with the free throws that I saw is like it's one thing to go up to the line and you don't make your free throw and you actually put up a good shot attempt and the ball doesn't just go in I mean man that happens that's basketball and that happens but bro Herb Jones goes to the line to shoot a free throw and it's like the man shot puts the ball it's like he he doesn't even it's like he has no form to the shot when he attempts to shoot a free throw I mean at all And my thing with free throws, I've always said this, and this is especially for John Petty, is, you know, you're a streaky shooter, and some nights you don't have the the three-point shot going. And you don't. That's basketball and that happens. Steph Curry is the greatest shooter of all time, and I just watched the man go two of ten in an NBA game. But guess what? He goes to the free throw line, and he's 12 of 12. You make up for your lack of shooting at the line because they are called free throws for a reason. If you walk out to your right now. There's a free check in there. Your job is to go cash it in the bank. Because guess what? You're going to get free money. When you're at the free throw line and you see that basket, that's your bank. And that ball in your hand is your check. All you got to do is cash it. And we failed to do that. And my thing on the free throws is don't let that be the reason you lose a game. I mean, like Lesser just said, if we are shooting 46%, 50% instead of 44, we win the game. UCLA's out there just throwing up contested shots. I think they just made another contested shot. Me sitting here talking, I mean, it's just it's the most frustrating thing in the world to sit there and just know that you lost a game due to yourself. I mean, it was it wasn't the referees, it wasn't UCLA, it was yourself in the goal, and it, that's all it was. You you the ball and the basket in front of you, and you failed to convert. And it's just. That is probably the most frustrating thing to me. I see – and I dealt with this in the – even the Avery Johnson days of us, there's a lot of games Alabama lost by, like, five or six points. And I look down at the free throw percentages, and I see 62%, 58%, 66%. And I'm just sitting here, and I'm like, man, if you make – if you make three more free throws, we win the the game. I mean, because when you're – especially when you're a basketball team like Alabama was in the past, you – that's that's the that's where you have to make up for, hey, I don't have a Moses Moody on my team. I don't have a Cam Thomas. I don't have a Cade Cunningham. But when I get to that free throw line, I'm going to make up for not having one of those guys. And that's just what we got to – that's what we got to do. And this game, unfortunately, we didn't do that. Do and think, it, it, do it's frustrating.
0: It's, do you think it has something to do with the pressure situation? I mean, I mean obviously, yeah. But do you think that – you know, I, I guess my question is do you ex- – do you use that as an excuse? Are, are you going to listen to that whenever people say, you know, it was a pressure situation? Herb's not used to playing in the tournament setting or whatever. Are uh, you just like, you know, I, I don't care. Get up there and make it. It should be like clockwork. I mean, it should yeah, be. Yeah, it should be. So yeah, much it muscle be memory built up. Man. you can just do it. With your, I mean, Michael Jordan literally shot a free throw with his eyes closed one time, man. I mean, it ain't about even I seeing agree. the goal. It's about you shooting millions and millions of free throws in practice. And, yeah, free, uh, yeah, throw, my, free throws
2: I, are all, it's like. It's all about you working on working on your free throws. And, like, I'm not saying our guys don't work on their free throws. Because, like I said, this is the first game I noticed this year where, like, free throws were, like, legitimately a problem. Which, well, I say that. I believe against either – it was Iona or, or Maryland. We didn't really shoot the ball really well from the free throw line either one of those games. I want to say we were in the high 50% range. I'm, y'all may have to fact check me on that one. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, it, I mean it's a high-pressure situation, but – I watched the Alabama Tennessee game in the SEC tournament. That was a pretty high pressure situation, I thought. I thought the LSU game as great as a game that was. That's was a high pressure situation I thought. I mean, you can't tell me like this game was just that much more high pressure now. Now don't misunderstand me at the very end right there when you know Herb Jones has to go up there and convert the free throw and it's, you know, 61 to 60 or 62-61. Yeah, that's a high pressure situation, highest pressure we've been in. But what about what about the free throws prior to that, man? What about the, like like you said the one and ones with Josh Primo? Juwan Gary, you know, like, what about those? Quinterly. Quinterly missing two for, two free throws. What, what about those free throws? I mean, you make those a Keon Ellis free throw, man. I mean, you make those – Herb Jones is never even in that situation in the game to be shooting that free throw. Yeah,
0: that's exactly right. I mean, all you got to do is just get one or two of those front ends, and, and you just rattled off three big-time shooters. I think Petty, Keon, and uh, Primo all had a shot at, at a one and one and all missed the front end. And so, yeah, that was big. Mm -hmm. Yeah, very, very
2: huge. I mean, my thing with free throws, like like Jawan Gary, for example, I watched Jawan Gary shoot a basketball. I don't expect Jawan Gary to be an 80% free throw shooter. The man can barely shoot a three-point shot. I don't expect you to go up the line and and just drain free throws, man. I I don't expect that. I don't expect that from Herb Jones, to be honest with you. He doesn't have a good three-point shot. I mean, he doesn't. But, like, when you got guards like Keon Ellis, Josh Primo, Alex Reese, you're a stretch four, man. Go up and make your free throws, dude. That's your. That is like one of the. If you're going to be a shooter, you got to be able to make free throws because they're free and they're easy. If you can't make a free throw, how do you expect to make a three pointer
0: or a or a mid range jumper? Lester, um, you know, breaking down those last two possessions by Alabama, the ball was put in the Herb Jones's hands, which I don't necessarily disagree with it. I'll be honest with you. I think you know Quinterly. Really tried to uh, <clears throat> they they tried to switch on switch and get him on the big guy or get the big guy on him and he tried to go by and he just couldn't do it. Um, I don't know whether that guy was playing off of him a little bit too much, whatever. But he he seems like he swatted Quinterly shit four or five times out of bounds, and so I I, I don't mind the uh, the play call with you know the the high pick and then Herb trying to you know stay downhill and get downhill and get to the rack. Um, but I want your opinion on that because there's a lot of people, you know, of course, right after it happens, the first thing in your head was, holy hell, Quinterly's been the best player on our team for the last six weeks. Why, why doesn't he have the ball in that situation? Um, and it wasn't just once. It, it, it was twice. You know, it's not like that, you know, the, <clears throat> the last time down when, when Herb got fouled, that Oates was like, you know, let's do something different. He, he did the same thing. And so, do you agree with the last two possessions? And I'm not sitting here saying that Oates was, you know, expecting Herb to get fouled because I'm sure if he'd have, if he'd have thought some fouls were going to occur, he'd probably definitely put the ball in Primo or Quinterly's hands. But, um, you know, what, what? just tell me what you think about the last possessions. Do you agree with what happened? Um, not necessarily the fouls and the free throws, but you do, do you agree with the call as a whole?
1: No. No. Like you said, they went to Herb two straight possessions, right? All right. It didn't work the first time? Don't do it again. Um, one criticism that Chase has had with Oates is drop a play. You know what I mean? So Herb goes to the bucket, doesn't give it the first time, whatever. I did not think that Herb should be the ball handler um, for that last place of the game. Fine. Okay, get Q the ball. Why not get Q to drive and then have somebody come off a backdoor cut? Give the ball to him, go up and
0: get a foul. You know what I mean? That doesn't exist in the offense. I mean, golly, I'm I i do not so, care. I, I don't care. Because because so so we got a have the same. Point. We have we the same right criticism. Here. He doesn't have play, he doesn't have play. No. But thing is, let's, that's have, something that you do on your own as a player. Like you know, it's something that that basketball IQ that I've been talking about for two damn months now, that seems to really be clicking at times with these Alabama players. And then it's sometimes it's like, I don't even know what basketball is. What is this sport? And it's just crazy how it fluctuates. And it seems like, you know, they can be out of out of of control on the court or whatever you watch Gonzaga and Baylor play, they might run, but everything is controlled, man. But uh, and I know notes has a Uh, notes I know that Oates has a contrasting style from those teams but you know that backdoor cut that that's a good point because Petty had a backdoor cut and he yammed it Gary has a backdoor cut and he slams it I don't even remember seeing one for the rest of the game like that is something when you got guys that are guarding tight to the arc because they know you're either shooting a three-pointer or you're shooting something to the bucket you know You've got to work that into your offense. You know the back screens, the back cuts, or whatever. It's something that you got to do on your own. If your coach isn't going to create an offense designed to, to have those incorporated in there, then you got to do it on your own. Keep going. Sorry to interrupt. I don't know. I mean,
1: I I mean you're right. I just I don't know something about Herb. I I don't know. It's just some. Sometimes I have. I think Herb has like a few games or maybe he sees what he's seen on social media. He's trying to prove people wrong, and, you know, he'll go off for You know, he, he he'll he have a bad game, then go off for 20 the next game. He's a little bit more dominant. I, and I think that was kind of a situation for him. He wasn't going to give that ball up regardless. And I just – I don't know. There should have been options in that play. There should have been somebody crashing to the bucket. There should have been an option for a three – I don't know. It just – that just was not – ideal i would have given it to q let q your best ball handler your your point guard who's on the floor i mean let him go out make a play and find a guy do y'all think of herb jones as a playmaker be honest no not at not, all he's not he's, he's not, not a playmaker all. you needed somebody to make a play in that situation and and and, and it wasn't him i mean now granted they he got to the bucket, he did what he's supposed to do, he drew the fouls or whatever, but he didn't didn't execute. So I mean it was it was all on them. It was all on them to execute. I guess, I guess they were put in a position to win by Oates, and the players didn't execute. And I'm so glad Oates doesn't give a shit. I'm so glad he came out and said, Hey, free throws are the same thing every single game, every single time out basically called out the team, said they they just couldn't handle it, couldn't handle the pressure. So, you know, hey, it is what it is, good riddance or whatever, but it's it's, it's time to move forward. so
0: Yeah, and as far as Herb goes, I think he's had a good defensive career. Uh, I don't really care how you want to argue. He's never been a good offensive player. He was better this year, sure. And he actually started the year shooting a lot better. Um, i I've said that on this podcast, that I was improved or I was impressed with the way that he has improved his shot, whether that was he himself just getting extra hours in the gym or if that was Oates or Hodson or Pet, you know, um, trying to tweak something in his, in his form because I've, I've broken it down about what he's changed whenever he's shooting more like Shaq from the outside and from the free throw line. Um, but he, he's never been a good offensive player. And that's just that's just what it is. Uh, he's always been. Whenever he stepped on campus, he was the best defender on the team, and it stayed that way um, until until he's until he left. Um, but he just, you know, I, I mean, you don't want to use the word choke, but I mean, you know, and I'm not going to use that, that. That's harsh. But he just he just didn't get it done. And and then, like I said, I, I think that's that's an issue of him. First of all, not really being an offensive player. I mean, I don't know. It's just – and then I also think it's a case of him just not having tournament experience because, guys, I don't don't think y'all realize, y'all understand how big that is. You know, next year, if Alabama makes it back to the tournament, which I believe they will, I think you'll see the guys that are coming back, like, you know, the Primo and and Q if he comes back, Shaq, Gary – um, all, all those guys that were able to play in this, in this tournament, um, that tournament experience helps you so much um, because you, you know what to expect. I mean, it's like kind of, kind of like the, the college football playoff, you know, you see a team that maybe hasn't been in there before and um, they, they get a little gun shy or, you know, deer in the headlights kind of look or whatever. And you see that happen all the time in March Madness. And I hate that it happened to her, but it, but it did. Um, so Landon, talk about, you know, in overtime, okay, like like I said, uh, UCLA gets a dunk on the first possession, Reese gets fouled, misses two free throws, UCLA goes down and hits a three, that was it, it was was, those lights out, Um, you didn't think that at the time, because you know, with Alabama's offense, you know, boom, boom, you get two threes and you're in the lead, but it just had that sinking feeling. You know, after that first minute of overtime, you're like, "Damn!" Because Reese hits that big shot, everybody goes crazy, and all the momentum swings to Alabama. What the hell happened in overtime?
2: Yeah, no, you're. I mean, you you would think when overtime started, you would think UCLA was the one that hit the almost half court shot with like a player that you didn't think would even remotely even come close to the goal. You you would think UCLA was that team, but it. <laughs> But it wasn't. It was Alabama is the one that hit that shot. So I'm sitting here thinking, well, dang, we just hit that shot. Johnny Juzang is fouled out. I'm like, we're about to go on a run and win this game. Well, I was 100% wrong. We we look like we we have never played basketball once again at overtime. I don't know what in the world was going on with us as as far as that. I mean, like you said, UCLA go, goes down gets a gets a cheap steal I think to start out overtime then they hit a three and the next thing you know you're down eight and the game's over I mean you're you're out I mean it's just just like that and then all of a sudden it just it just drags on with a bunch of free throw shooting and then Q just basically says F it I'm gonna go out here and get all the shots I want And he goes out there and does his thing which I don't even care and uh, yeah I mean it was just just a thing of momentum in OT and my biggest thing also with the game, kind of piggybacking on Lester's point that I want to bring up, is I never, like, usually, and I think I would sent you all this text. Remember when we played LSU, and it was like the opening of the SEC championship, and we're sitting there, and it's a kickout, and, man, we're making all the extra passes around the top of the key. Shaq hits a three. We up eight nothing. LSU has call a timeout. I never once saw in the game Alabama make that extra pass for that for that open shot. It was never that. It was more. It was like it was a more iso centric ball, and it was like if the fat, if the shot didn't fall, it was just a kick out and us trying to put up a shot or force a three point attempt. And it, it, that's that's what frustrated me about this game. It was like that ball movement around the top of the key to to make to find that three point shot. It wasn't there, and I know you you can't tell me UCLA was just playing that good of defense. UCLA worse three point defense statistically than Georgia. So it's not like we were playing some great three-point defensive team.
0: Well, this is what I think is the reason for that, is because I think Mick Cronin did a really good job of beating into their heads you can't leave the three-point line. And when you have a team where – and, you know, people won't agree with this either, but, I mean, it's, it's true. Um, Shackelford, not a slasher. He's a catch-and-shoot catch, catch and shoot guy. That's, that's what he is. Now, has he ever – put it on the floor and gone and scored. Yeah. I mean, he's had games where he's done it multiple times, but I think, uh, I think in the UCLA game, I think he was like two out of seven when he tried to do that or whatever. I only think he attempted two, three pointers. Um, and that's because <clears throat> UCLA was forcing Alabama to run them off the three point line because they weren't leaving. And they knew that Alabama was, they refused to backdoor door cut to back screen. They knew that it wasn't in NATO's half court offensive scheme um and so whenever you're defending a team like this when you've got a guy like Shackelford you don't need help. You see what I'm saying? Because you can because he is not good enough to score at a consistent rate against a good team. Like can you do it against right. Mississippi State? Sure, yeah, but not a Sweet 16 team. I don't give a damn if you're a 15. I mean, Oral Roberts almost beat Arkansas. You can throw your throw your seating out the window once you get into the Sweet 16 because you've won two games for a reason. and It's because you're playing really good basketball. So, you know, you really can't compare it to what UCLA did all year, but their defensive scheme, you don't need multiple guys to help on Shaq. You don't need multiple guys to help when John Petty puts the ball on the floor because he's just not – he's not effective enough at doing that, and he hasn't been all season in order to draw a, a, a help, a backside help, a double team, whatever you want to call it, and then, you know, continuing on down the rotation. Herb, zero threat from the outside. Let him shoot. You know, almost like the Alex Reese effect, the teams were, were playing against Bama midway through the SEC schedule. Herb Jones, zero threat to score from the outside. He can't shoot the ball. So you sag on him. You invite that drive. You know from the shot charts that everybody tweets out that Alabama, that they're not, that Herb's not going to pull up from mid range because Nate Oates would be pissed. He'd bench somebody over that shit. And so you just, you sag on him until he gets to the bucket. Then you just elevate with him. So once again, you really don't need help. And so, and also you can guard him with a bigger guy because you don't have to put a guard on him because he's not a threat to score from the outside. So you can you can afford to put a small forward or a power forward on him. So now you got a guy that's around the same height guarding Herb Jones and just basically trying to contest at the rim. That's three guys that you don't need help with. Really, the only one is Q. And what I did not like is after the third time that the big man swatted his shit out of bounds, I'm thinking, you know, you might want to try something different because that's what they were trying to do. Um, that guy might have been Garden, Herb or Gary, or whoever, but they just – they'd switch on the screen up top and then let Q try to ISO and, you know, try to drive and dish or whatever the problem is. Once again, nobody left the three-point line. They didn't need help. That guy did not need help in Quinterly because they would rather him take a step back 25-foot three um, rather than, you know, get a drive and dish open three or whatever, and, and Q just could not get by that guy. And, uh, and, and so – Really, the defensive plan was really good by Mick Cronin, <clears throat> but also it was it was executed to perfection. Um, he knew that Alabama has two or three guards that you don't you don't need to you don't need to leave for, and um, you don't you don't need to help on. And uh, I think that really that really hurt Alabama. And thing is, we said that before. You know, we we've had games where Alabama you know, did not, did not play well. And this is the kind of defense that they saw the the guys that were willing to go one-on-one. And then like the LSU game, you saw a lot of help. And whenever you help and you kick and you make that good first pass, then you can throw it around and, and have the defense scrambling. But if nobody helps, you have nowhere to go with the ball.
2: Right. And I remember, I remember when we played Oklahoma, Oklahoma played a similar, similar way against, way against us, which is why we struggled to, we struggled in that game and, here, well, oh, well, excuse me. Oklahoma's plan was leave Alex Reese open and uh, here you know let him shoot. But you know, that's another game for another day. But no, you're 100 right. It was a good plan from him from Mick Cronin. I was actually really impressed because Mick Cronin teams are always known for de- defense, but you know this year UCLA's offense has actually been really good and surprisingly, despite the the pace of play that uh, UCLA plays at, which is like you know, one of the lowest in the country in terms of pace of play, they had more shots than us. You know, they attempted more threes than us. I mean, and I was sitting here thinking the whole game, kind of when we were up like 22 to 11, I said to myself, like, if we get up on these guys, we'll take them out of their comfort zone and we're going to run away with it. Well, they played in a comfort zone that I didn't think they could play in. I didn't think UCLA could play in a comfort zone where they throw up 70-plus shots and they throw up more three-pointers than Alabama. I didn't think UCLA could do that, but they did, and they did it also with only having eight turnovers, which was really impressive to me from their offensive game plan.
0: Yeah, you really—we we thought it could be like the a lot like the Maryland game, to where you know we can try to speed them up and um, and force them to you know force more turnovers whenever they're trying to to push the ball up the floor whenever they're not used to it as much as as uh, as, as they would like, but um. Yeah, UCLA, and it really, its just one of those games. It's—it's it's your typical tournament game, where I guess you—you you can say your typical tournament upset. This is how it always happens. You miss free throws. The other team hits some crazy ass shots. I mean, there was three or four three pointers for UCLA that should not have gone in. Um, it, it's just you know they were tough shots. They were contested, well defended, and uh and they just found they just found the bottom of the sack. So. It's just, it is what it is. Um, you really wish that you could have gotten a better game from your senior, your, your SEC player, the year Herb Jones, because, you know, a lot of people don't talk about the two fouls that he got early in the game. That really, you know, a lot of people are going to say, well, Alabama's been playing better without Herb. But that early, that really throws a wrinkle in all of your rotations because now you got to sit Herb for like 12 minutes. You know what I'm saying? You can't sit her for four minutes or three minutes and get him a quick breather, then get him back on the floor. And so it kind of throws and, – and this isn't the first time he's done this. He's done this multiple times this year. Nate Oates has said in his post-game press conference, yeah, when that happens, you know, you get a guy that gets up – that picks up two quick fouls and, you know – 45 seconds to two minutes. It really throws off everything you had planned on doing um, because Nate Oates is a very methodical guy. He likes going with these guys, you know, so many minutes. And uh, he brings it up all the time about how, you know, we only had these many guys play over 25 minutes and, and all this stuff. And and so that also hurt Alabama is it, it, her picking up those two quick fouls and silly fouls too. You get two offensive fouls. I mean – it's really just, just you know, and, and one of them was questionable, sure, but you got to stay in control, man, and you got to know immediately, Lester. When I go down the first possession of the game, and I get a into a post situation, or whatever, and the guy maybe flops a little bit of whatever, if I get a charge called on me, what just what what does that tell you? If I whistle you for a charge in the first twenty seconds of the game, what immediately should go to your mind?
1: Well, these reps are already on some BS. Let me calm my ass down. have yeah, a charge
0: whistle. Yeah. And so, why the hell would you go down there the next possession and run over somebody's ass? <laughs> just, you know, and like I say, it don't matter if they're sliding or what. Don't put yourself in that situation. You got to be smarter. And I understand that's probably not what he was thinking about, but man, just, that really hurt Alabama to start the game.
1: But, bro, why are we looking to go to the rat that early in the game in the first place? Why? Why aren't you looking for your teammate for a wide-open three? Why are we trying to dribble, go to the hoop? What what is this? Why? And then to do it again and run the guy over harder the next time, why? Why? Nothing about that entire sequence seemed like a plan, seemed like something they had maybe went over, seemed like something, hey, this is how we're going to start the game by attacking the rack. It just it nothing seemed in sequence at all. Just, just uh, it's just a lot of uncharacteristic stuff, and once again, a lack of size. I felt like that hurt Bama, but but whatever. It's just uh, it frustrating. It frustrating. Well, it's frustrating. It's frustrating.
0: What's crazy, Lester? Is that not that's not really uncharacteristic? Alabama's. We've talked for months. Like I said, they're they're out of control. They've got to stop turning the ball over on the fast break, and uh, you know you can run, but run in control. And the games that they've done that, you know, that's led to more open looks usually
1: and layups
0: at the basket.
1: So true, man. It kills me. Kills me. Kills me. Like, you want them to play fast, but you've got to be in control. How many times has, you know, Alabama great defense possession, you know, throw up a shot, they miss it. Get the fast break, grab the ball. I swear, it's like they throw the ball over their head. They're not even looking at what they're doing. And what do they do? They pass it right back to the opposing team. Pass it right back. That's that. That's that's not a chance. That's not an opportunity where you had to drive. The, had an opportunity to even cross the cross half court with the ball. That's not. That's not driving. That's not driving off your foot. That's not throwing it up, throwing up a shot and missing it. That's not getting a steal. That, it's, a, it's an unforced error. Turnovers are a part of basketball. That's okay. It's a part of basketball. If a team has a game with zero turnovers, it'll, it, it'll blow my mind. It'll never happen again. Turnovers are a part of the game, and that's okay. But unforced errors, that is what ticks me off because we've seen far too many of them this year far too many of them, great defense possession, get the rebound. What do we do? Turn around. Don't even look to see who's down the court. Don't even look to see where the opposing team is. And, wh- and what do you do? Teams aren't dumb now in the tournament. They know to put myself, at, at worst, put myself in between the ball and the next closest defender. So you know what? When Bama gets their rebound and they're looking to chuck that ball down the court and go fast, teams are prepared for that. You know what I mean? They're prepared for that now. You've had 30-plus games of film of doing that, of converting, of getting the other team out of their comfort zone, getting them out of place, swinging around, shooting the three. Good team. They've seen that for 30-plus games. They're going to prepare for that. And we've we've seen that ex- entire sequence far too often lately for an adjustment not to have been made. To, you know what? You got the rebound, great possession, you got the rebound. Okay, let's dribble the ball two or three times, then assess what we're gonna do. But I I don't know. It just it is what it is. It is what it is, it sucks. Turn I can deal with the turnovers, but the unforced errors, just the stupid stuff. Just calm down and relax.
2: And well, really, the thing just, the thing it, about it, it you know, going back to your point of playing playing in control. I mean, the thing is with Oats with Oates system and how you want to run so fast is you gotta have you gotta have guys that handle the basketball. And let's be honest, who do how many ball handlers yes, do we truly yes. have on our basketball team? Let's just let's be honest, let, let me talk. Let me go last year too. One. Last year's pretty easy. Kyra Lewis. And that's
1: one. And what and do you do with John
2: Quinterley? Yeah. I mean, other than that, yeah. I mean, John, I mean, we've all seen John Petty dribble a basketball. He looks like Stevie Wonder trying to dribble a ball. If he but he literally about trips over himself when he dribbles a ball. It's and, and, and I'm not trying to make fun of the guy, but it's just it's sad because he's a four year senior and he's got NBA aspirations and you are a four year senior in college basketball and you cannot dribble. You don't even it's like you don't know how to dribble. You drive inside the lane. The ball hits off your foot. It, it, it doesn't happen just once. It's every game. And, and Herb, Herb Jones Herb Jones has improved greatly with his ball handling. That does not mean, though, he's a ball handler, though. He's improved with it. He's improved in a lot of areas. At the end of the day, he's not a ball handler. Alex Reese, when you get the ball, even though I know you're a power forward, you're not a ball handler, though. You can't run the floor. Jawan Gary is a 6'7 power forward, and he handles the ball b- better than Petty. I mean, I'm just being honest. I mean, it's just – it's it's so – I mean, that's the one thing. Like, you want to run it. You want to have control. But you also got to have the personnel to have control. And like you said, if you don't have the personnel, it's okay to get the board and just say, all right, guys, let's calm down. Let's evaluate what we're going to do. And let's get the ball down court and have a good possession. That's okay. That's, that's okay to do. So, I, I feel you on your on that frustration, Lester. I just want to chime in on that. Yeah, man. Um, it is what it is. Ready to move over. Uh,
1: good group of seniors. Ready to get more Oats guys in here. Petty, her, Reese. Like appreciate it. Time to go. Time to move on though. Looking forward to the next rendition. Looking forward to who Oats is bringing in now.
0: Yeah, I think Oats is definitely in the market for some more guards. Maybe some combo guards that some transfers. Namari Burnett, Marion um, Jones Penn State. Maybe some more dudes, but um. Landon, of course, if I if I tell you back in November, hey, this team's gonna get put out in the Sweet 16, probably like, you know, I mean, I guess I could see it, but it'd kind of be like kind of a Cinderella thing, you know, year two of Nate Oates. You've you've got you know you've got shooters on paper, but you really don't know how that's gonna work. You only got one ball. Um, and so it's it's easy to say that you know. That Alabama overachieved this year. I, I I believe that everybody can agree with that statement. If you really expected Alabama to go to the Elite Eight or Final Four in preseason, I mean, I think you would have been a little bit crazy. I think Sweet Sixteen was probably the max. But uh, you know, once you play like you played against Maryland, it's it really can't clear. I mean, dude, we were all basically like, you know what? If somebody can give Gonzaga a shot with the way Alabama runs, and if they play like that, they can really push Gonzaga to the wire. And and I mean that it is it's easy to see. Alabama is all year just a streaky basketball team. Um, so I guess if you were expecting a loss in the tournament in any other fashion, other than shooting 25% from deep or whatever, um then I guess you really haven't watched Alabama play. I mean, nobody expected us to do that from the stripe, but just as bad as the free throws were, I don't think the three-point shooting really hurt or really kept us in the game. It hurt us just as much. But um, Landon, just what grade, I guess, would you give, not just NATO, just the, the whole team this year with wherever your expectations were, what they accomplished, what was the grade that you give this Alabama basketball program
2: for the 2020-2021 season? Um, Well, as far as, like, expectations, obviously, like you said, if and I I guess I'm going to use this standpoint from, like, the Western Kentucky loss because that was the game before SEC play. If you'd have told me, hey, Landon, Alabama's about to go on a run in the SEC, you're not only going to win the SEC regular season, you're going to win the tournament, and then you're going to make it to the Sweet 16 in the NCAA tournament. I'd have turned flips and said, hell, yeah, I'll take it. I would have at that point in time because of how we were looking during, during that time. And like you said, the games that we've had, I mean, if every game that Alabama's lost have have all looked, you know, it was bad shooting night, you know, turning the ball over, uncharacteristic things. I mean, we haven't lost a game where Alabama just shot the ball lights out and the other team just shot it a little bit better and we lost. That hasn't really happened. It, you can go all the way back to this, the first loss we took to Stanford. We shot poorly that game, and Stanford beat us, and they shot really well. I mean, that's. I mean, that just happens. But the grade I would give us, from an expectation standpoint from where we started and all that, I would I would go somewhere to get a B B plus range for me, uh, with how I, with how. And I guess my my grade is different because, like, I give my grade more towards Nate Oates because of what he did with this team. You know, everybody harps on like, oh, well, Alabama was so good this year because y'all had se- y'all had seniors. Oh, look, guys, having seniors on a roster like Petty, Herbin, Reese is one thing. You know, that's great, but we have a new coach. Petty, Herbin, Reese have played. This is their second system playing under a, t- a completely different system by the way, compared to the one they were in previously with Avery Johnson. And the rest of the roster is made up a bunch of guys from the transport portal or guys that Nate Oates just recruited that are here They're like, first year. So, I mean, this isn't like a team just full of seniors that have all played together and they just had, like, one miraculous little year or anything like that. But what Nate Oates did – what Nate Oates has done with this team and all these players is truly remarkable when you really break it down. We turned a lockdown defender in Herb Jones to a point four. I mean, you start to think about that. Watch Herb Jones used to be. That's what Nate Oates did with this guy. I mean, it's, re- it's really remarkable. But I would go, I would go B, B plus range for me on how the season went for Alabama personally. I
0: would. Uh, I think that was. I think that's that's crazy low. I w- I think my minimum would be an A, and that's just because for me, I, yeah. The only the only way you get an A plus is, is probably the Final Four. Um, hmm. And as you know, I mean, me and Lester, I, don't, I know Lester remembers. I was like, look, dude, I said, we got so many damn shooters on this team. I said, it's going to be tough for everybody to be cold on the same night. And of course that happened a couple of times, it's basketball. But I was like, dude, we got so many shooters. I said, if you can just get one or two of those guys hot. And of course, you know, I didn't really think about then getting to the rim, how you need guys that do that also, because I see three point shooting and I, and I love it. It's just, I light up, but, uh,
2: same here. I'm with you.
0: Yeah. The, I, I give them an A just because of the fact that once you really break down the offensive numbers, it really goes, it really tells you how much this defense carried this team. Um, you know, Alabama finished, I think they were like third and three pointers attempted and they're, they're up there and, and the makes as well. They might've been first. If not, I think they're top five, but, You look at percentage, their three-point percentage ranked 109th in the country. That's about a third of the way down. Um, Their field goal percentage overall as a team was 201st in the country. Alabama doesn't take mid-range shots, guys. I mean, that means that your your two-point shots are all at the bucket. That's very bad. That's bad. Like, you can't even make 50%. Of your two point shots, which are all at the rim, yes, they are contested, but you, you've got three seniors that can't make, they can't make shots at the rim. Like that's not good. When you're shooting that many two pointers at the bucket, your percentage needs to be fifty percent at the at a bare minimum. You know, it needs to be anywhere from fifty two to fifty seven percent. That's where Alabama needs to get to. Um, and so when you really break down those numbers. Alabama had a lot of talent, sure, but let's not act like these seniors were the seniors at Gonzaga and Baylor. I mean, yeah, they were good players, but they're not studs, and we appreciate them hanging around, you know, through the coaching change and everything. But it's just when you really break down the offensive numbers for Alabama and how poor they actually were, it really goes to show you how – how much credit that Nate Oates deserves and the defense deserves, which is everybody on the team and the way they were able to play defense. So I give them an A because not a lot of teams that are ranked where Alabama is ranked offensively and the three point shooting and the, and the field goal percentage as a whole, whenever you shoot a lot of threes, not many teams are going to get to the sweet 16. And so I think Nate Oates and this team did a great job. I give them an A Lester. How do you grade this basketball season?
1: I am leaning more of Landon's way. I'll give this a B B plus. Golly, I can't um, imagine
0: y'all's expectations for next year. Is it final four? Or no, no, it's it's not even it's not, it's not We're even a tough expectations. Crowd, man. Yeah, it's just oh, tougher than me. It's is it's not even
1: expectations. Like I am a, I am hundred percent proud of how far this team got. A sweet six team and a possible elite eight. I think that's what our predict- our predictions were on this podcast, you know, during the season through the SC tournament, you know, before the incident, I'm, this is where they're supposed to be. This is where I expect them to be. It's just the way that they lost. And, and it's, 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 it's I'll give them a B plus, but is this, I don't know. Is this really a team full of shooters? Think about it. All right, all right, I'll put it this way. Yes, it we is. We thought that we thought that this team would be too deep, and it and it wasn't like we had really big expectations, like this would be too deep. This team would be able to rotate guys in and out, you know, some of the guys on the bench are gonna come in and be big contributors, and it wasn't it wasn't quite that, you know what I
0: mean. There I were the times of, really I don't know. hurt Alabama. I think the big yes. hurt, I think they had plenty of guard depth, but when you're having to use Herb as a point guard. I think that hurts. That hurts, man. I agree. I agree. And that's what I mean. Like, it,
1: it wasn't It wasn't the two deep, you know, and injury suck, obviously with Bruner or whatever. Um, I said all – I've said a lot. He was supposed to be the key to this team, and I believe that. Because if you don't have that president in the middle, then it's kind of a free-for-all on the perimeter. Like, are you afraid of Reese or, or Rojas or, I mean, Gary, you know – Came on late, but you're not afraid of any of those guys in the post to be a scoring threat. Brunner was the linchpin for this team, but the the depth, you know, it, it I feel like I feel like a lot of players let us down and what we expected from
0: them. You know? That's that's just kind of how I feel about it. Um I don't know about letting us down. I just think, you know, what I was saying earlier, they just playing outside of their game you know like Shaq Petty their catch first guys Petty I think improved his his shot off the dribble uh the last couple of years I think he's improved that but I mean gosh there there, I mean there's anything I other than a step back you know I think he shot that pretty well at times but um man when he he tried to put the ball on the floor it, it was ugly you can just tell like hey this isn't what this guy needs to be doing Shackleford same way he had five turnovers for a reason. He can't dribble. He, he's not a ball handler. And, um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, and so I don't, I don't think it's, I think that, I think this team did have really good shooters, but that's all they were. That's fair. That's fair.
1: It's just, Oh, Oh, they'll, they'll get, they'll get a big plus for me. this is year two, you know, this O's doesn't have, you know, all of his guys in yet. Um, I couldn't be happier for the team. I mean, this is a great season. I had fun. I enjoyed watching this team play. I wish, you know, Corona was around. I definitely would have went to more games. Definitely would, went to more road games. I love going on the road, but I, I'm, I'm happy for this team, but that's not saying that there's a lot left to be desired. You know what I mean? I, I'm let down at the moment. I, I really am. But Credit to this team. This is a great team. This is a fun team to
2: watch. I enjoyed it. But, you know, that,
1: that's just how I feel about it.
2: Well, I guess, you know, I guess the best way – the best way to put it with your question, Chase, is like I – first and foremost, I give Nate Oates an A, A, A-minus, A, A, a- – a-, a-, a, whole, a whole nine yards. I give Nate Oates that just – you know, Nate Oates, Charlie Henry – Antoine Petway, Brian Hodgson, the whole coaching staff, man, what they did this year with this team.
0: Lester, do you have Landon? Did he cut out on you?
2: Oh, no, no, Landon's
0: still there. Go for it. Go. Okay. I'm sorry. He cut on him. I am. My bad. My crappy Wi-Fi. Go ahead.
2: Oh, no, you're good.